are Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase here on the podcast following the Sabres 4-1 defeat to the Boston Bruins on Friday night. Their first loss of the season. Now, despite the fact that this was the first loss of the season, I'm feeling really good about what we saw on the ice from the Sabres tonight. We'll dive into the performances of the night on both sides of the ice, including one former Sabre that played stupendously well for the Boston Bruins, uh, and just kind of go through what we saw in the game and give a little preview of Saturday's game against the New Jersey Devils. It's all coming your way on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Sabres. I am on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports. And a quick news update, if you missed it, from Thursday night, Emily Kaplan from ESPN reported that Jack Eichel would be bombarding the Sabres with medical information in the next week to try one last gasp to try to convince the Sabres to let him get the artificial disc replacement surgery that he has been desperately trying to get for the last six months. And I guess Kaplan suggested that if that doesn't work... Although, she did say, by the way, before that, she said something about there's some hope from Eichel's side that they could be able to get the Sabres to to agree to this. That would be stunning to me. Stunning. That after six months of making this the core issue at hand that you have with your player, that you would back down. Now, should they? I think they should. Because... It is very clear nobody is giving you trade value that you want in return for Eichel. It's very clear Eichel is not and will never get the fusion surgery that he will likely have to have one, if not two more times in his life because it's about a, what is it, a 80% resurgery rate every 20 years or something like that. So Eichel has been convinced to not get the surgery I don't think he would ever risk his long-term health. I do not think there's any way he's getting the fusion surgery. The Sabres want him to get, and uh, I think at this point, you should realize the only way to rebuild the value to trade him is to get him back on the ice. And I don't know if either side wants that, but they might come They might have come to realization that they both sides kind of need that. If Eichel wants out of here, then he's going to have to get back on the ice. He's going to have to want to play for the Sabres. And, or we might have to. And Kevin Adams and the Sabres especially will have to realize that they want to trade this player and they want to move forward with the situation and not pay him $10 million to sit on the bench, then they're going to have to realize that they've got to let the player do what he wants with his own body, which is really not that... It's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a, a, a holdup anyway. Um, I heard Ryan Callahan, who is a former player and a recent player in that in the National Hockey League who was doing color commentary on the ESPN Plus broadcast for Sabres and Bruins tonight. And he criticized the Sabres organization openly for the way that they have operated this situation and the way that they have not allowed Eichel to get the the procedure that he wants. Um, So Callahan, by the way, great job by him because not something you ever hear from these TV broadcasts, especially over the years on NBC. The, being willing to criticize an organization like that. But there's the new guys at ESPN. There's Butchagross and Ryan Callahan, and they're just coming right out with it. Like, yeah, 
bad job by the Sabres on the cycle situation. Again, he is a former player, so it's pretty easy to, to tell where he would have leaned there. Um, but anyways, good job, I thought, on the ESPN broadcast. Before I get into Sabres and Bruins, uh, I thought Butchagross, John Butchagross, is a very good play-by-play man. I know it's not really his main gig. He's more of the, the sports center anchor, but we know he's one of the biggest hockey fans at ESPN, um, and he's done college hockey play-by-play before, so he's got experience doing it. I thought he did a good job. He provides energy. He's smart. He knows the game, uh, and you might think that's everybody that does hockey play-by-play, but it's really not. There are a lot of guys that, that come over from other sports and, and try hockey on, and you could just kind of tell they're, they're not natural to the game. And Bouchagross, I mean, he he's a huge fan. I mean, he's a bigger hockey fan than I am uh, for how much college hockey he watches especially. So good job by the ESPN Plus broadcast. I know it's annoying to some fans that don't want to deal with the streaming aspect of it, but... I think it's the way of the future. I'm a cord cutter, so it's not that big a difference for me anyway. Um, the, the graphics at ESPN are so much better. TNT as well. What an improvement that's been from NBC uh, to ESPN and TNT. I think everything's been a lot better uh, in that regard so far. So anyways, on the ice, what did we see from Sabres and Bruins tonight? Well, let's start Let's start with the Sabres' impressive performance, despite the fact that the score went the opposite direction. You might look at 4-1, not realize, not watch anything that happened in the game, not look at any of the underlying numbers, and you might think, all right, this was a get-right game for Buffalo, right? Three games off the top and three pretty uh, low-key opponents. The Canucks are not that good of a team. The Canadiens are the worst team in hockey so far to start the season, and the Coyotes coming into the year were supposed to be the worst, if not the second worst, team in the league right next to Buffalo. So, what do we hear? Three games in, Matt Larkin, Ryan Lambert, some national guys are like, yeah, let's slow, let's slow down, look who they played. They might look at this game, and without watching it, or again, looking at any of the numbers, say, alright, they finally played a good team, look what happened. They lost by three goals. They lost to a good Boston Bruins team. But, I don't think that really tells you the deeper story of what happened in this game. I think despite the fact that the Buffalo Sabres lost this game to the Bruins by a score of 4-1, to one, I think you should be feeling good about what they did on the ice tonight and feeling even more convinced after four games than three games that this... This, this play that they've had early on could be sustainable over the course of the entire season and not just be a flash in the pan to, to open the year, be a bit of a fluke. I think this could be sustainable. Tonight is another step in that direction, despite the fact that they lost big on the scoreboard. By the way, one of those goals was the empty netter by Taylor Hall at the end of the game. The Sabres dominated puck possession in this game they dominated shot attempts they dominated scoring chances they dominated high danger scoring chances their shot attempts were 60 for the Sabres 33 for the Bruins uh right uh general shots on goal 31 for the Sabres 21 for the Bruins the Sabres with a 59% shot rate scoring chances 69% for the Sabres 30 for the Bruins 36 to 16 in that category high danger scoring chances was 16 for the Sabres 9 for the Bruins uh and if you want the expected goals to go along with it 2.2 for the Sabres and 1.3 for the Bruins so what happened what happened is the Sabres just didn't finish. And that can actually be a criticism of what they have on the roster. That could be a reason as to why you think, see, even if they play this well, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not even going to be a team that's in a playoff race. 
because even when they are controlling play and generating scoring chances, they do not have consistent goal scorers that are proven to put the puck in the back of the net. So you can create all the chances you want, but the other team has better goal scorers than you do. They're going to capitalize on a higher percentage of their scoring chances than you are. And I think that could be a fair criticism. That's one of my holdups from believing that this team, even at their ceiling, can be a team that is in the race and right in the neck and neck for the playoffs down the stretch of the season. I just don't think they have it. I don't think they have more than Victor Olison and Jeff Skinner that are guys that I think can consistently put the puck in the back of the net when they get opportunities. Everybody else can do it here and there to to a pretty well level. I think you'd like to hope Dylan Cousins has an ascension in his game in that regard, um, but it hasn't happened yet. And you got the goal from Olsen tonight. I mean, like that's evident. That's the guy that's going to put the puck in the back of the net on a higher uh, chance, per, a higher percentage of his chances that he's going to get. So, I thought the Sabers played though really well. Like I, I think if you play like this against the Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins ten times, you're going to win six or seven of those games, and that's a good team you just played. I don't think it's an elite team. I don't think the Bruins are a Stanley Cup contender this year. I think they're probably one step below that. I'd put them below the Lightning and the Panthers right now. Um, the Leafs are not off to a strong start, so it's tough to... It'd be, I'd have to think about it harder. Boston versus Toronto. But that's a quality opponent that you just played. And really, you ran them over. You were the better team. They looked... The Sabres look so fast, man, right now. Like Everybody. Cousin, especially that Cousins, Hino Stroza, Skinner line. When they are on the ice, they are flying. They are moving the puck. It's on the tape every time. So none of that's part of it. They're all so good at moving the puck to one another that very rarely does one of them have to stop and get the puck because it's been put in their feet. It's on the tape in stride they don't have to slow down they can play with speed they can generate chances that way Skinner's got that ability to finish Cousins has that ability to play make Hino Stroza is just super fast very good compliment on that line as well that to me has been the best line for the Sabres through a couple of games here so far that came out in the numbers tonight by the way by the way as well um Cousins Hino Stroza and Skinner together uh let's see scoring chances they ended up with 12 to the Bruins four while they were on the ice 75 percent of the scoring chances when they were on the ice that is dominant that is downright dominant dominant and a lot of that tonight was driven by Dylan Cousins now he is the fastest of the three well, maybe him and Hina Strozer would be close, but he's the best at generating play and carrying the puck of the three. He's going to be the guy with the zone entries and kind of setting Skinner up. He was awesome tonight. I mean, the stick handling was on display. That little behind-the-back pass that he threw to Hino Stroza in the first period that created a quality scoring chance right in front of Linus Allmark was a really nice play. Uh, he had a nice chance from the wall on one play that he almost scored on. Cousins, that was his best game of the season. Um, and he looked like, I mean, offensively especially. Like, that's really where I'm looking for the jump in Dylan Cousins' game is is the offensive end of it. Um, 
And I thought he did a great job tonight. R really, uh, really promising. All right, we'll talk more about this game in just a second and also about uh, the guy who I thought stole the show on the other side of the ice for the Bruins. Before we do that, though, quick word for Bet Online sponsoring the podcast to remain your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season and hockey as well. I had the Sabres tonight at Bet Online. Uh, Sabres Bruins game at under five and a half goals. That came way too close for comfort. It was 3 nothing with, what, five minutes to go. Looked like I was cruising to the under. And then, boom, there's the Olofsson goal. And then you've got the Taylor Hall empty netter with two minutes to go. And I thought I was in a little bit of danger there. But it came out, came out, came out uh, okay. Um, anyways, if you head over to Bet Online, their updated desktop or mobile website is ready. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, baseball, hockey, Hockey, boxing, UFC. They got your favorite Vegas casino games. They've got everything. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. This podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Bunch of amazing flavors for Built Bar. They're 100% covered in chocolate, salted caramel. There's double chocolate, strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite is cookie dough with the chunks of real cookie dough in the bars. And Built Bars are healthy as well. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty and all healthy. Go to built.com today and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for 15% at built.com. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Sabres fall to the Boston Bruins by a score of 4-1 to one on Friday night. Um, the White Hot, White Hot Fridays, as they're calling them now. White at home. The best jersey, in my opinion, in the NHL. Looked so clean. Look good, play good. That was that was the story of the Sabres game tonight. Um they, they played really well as so it just kind of went through in the first segment there. Overall, I thought the, the Skinner, Hino Stroza, and Cousins line was the best of them. Look at the, the scoring chance heat map uh, that, that you can get at Natural Statric. The Bruins have a couple of big dots in the middle and a couple from the point. And then the Sabres is just like this big red circle in front of the goaltender. And then it's just a flood everywhere else. The Sabres were the better team on the night. And I think four games in a row to start the season, I think you can, you can easily say that they have been the best team on the ice, despite the fact that the score went in the other direction. Now, part of the reason that I thought the score went in the other direction, the biggest reason I thought that happened Linus Allmark, our old buddy, the guy I've got at bet online to win the Vesna Trophy at plus, I think my odds were plus 4,000, plus 4,000 I think is what I got Allmark on to win the Vesna Trophy. Didn't start the year as their starting goaltender, Jeremy Swayman, the rookie, won the job out of training camp. Allmark had a really tough preseason. They signed him to a four-year deal, $5 million per, remember, in the offseason. Allmark's first start, it's against his former team. I thought he stood on his head. I don't think that's exaggerating. I thought Olmark stood on his head. He made a couple of ridiculous saves. I don't know if I want to give him full credit for the 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 goal he saved that Dylan Cousins should have scored on in the first period. If you remember the play, Kyle Poso with an incredible pass from the wall, and instead of just ripping it on net, he sees that Cousins is almost like Cousins is almost like posted up. 
in front of the in front of Olmark on his defenseman, and Oposo puts it in front of Cousins, and then he does this little spino backhand that goes through Olmark's pads through the five hole, but Olmark's left leg is kind of angled to a point where it stops the puck right on the goal line. I kind of want to think that that was pure luck, that Allmark just happened to be turned on that angle and it just happened to hit his leg. I don't think he thought that quickly that, uh uh-oh, the puck just went between my legs. Let me slide my leg over. Let me kick my leg out kind of to save it um, back door behind my five hole. I don't think he did that. Uh, I didn't see him make any comments on that in post game that would tell me otherwise. Um, but other, but really, he was he was great. The Sabers had again, what was it, forty scoring? It wasn't forty scoring chances. It was thirty six shots on goal. Uh, thirty six scoring chances in this game, and not, sixteen of them were high danger. And Allmark, other than the the Olafson goal, which actually ends up going through his five hole, so that maybe that was a little bit weak. Um, but again, it's Victor Olafson, one of the best shooters. Uh, the best shooter the Sabres have and one of the best shooters that he's going to face. I mean, he's open in the, the left side of the face-off dot. That, that's a that's a quality scoring chance. That's a that's a, that's a tough save to make. Um, so, like, there's there were moments in this game where I think he got away with it, but for the most part, the side-to-side movement, you saw it. I mean, we know Linus Allmark pretty well, what he is as a player. Uh, I think he's going to take that number one job back in Boston. I hope he does because I literally put money on him not only being their number one but being the number one goalie in the league I think on that team that generally does a good job limiting scoring chances they did not do that tonight they generally keep teams out of the slot area they did not do that tonight I think in that system that team they're going to win hockey games and I didn't really maybe respect Jeremy Swayman enough as competition for him in net, uh, but I still like my own Mark uh, Vesna bet. So he did a great job. One of my uh, favorite players during the Sabres drought, well-liked, funny all the time, always uh, positive, and always played well. The only problem with him really was just he did, couldn't, get, couldn't stay healthy, and you can't blame him for jumping ship to Boston. I know the Sabres were the better team tonight, despite the fact they lost the game. Um and full credit to Linus Allmark. I think he, he kind of stole one. He kind of stole one. And then the goalie report on the other side. Uh, I was fine with Craig Anderson's game, but didn't love it. Uh, 22 saves on 25 shots. Obviously, the fourth goal was an empty netter, so that doesn't go against him. Um, you know, like he, he made that one save with his helmet in the second period after uh, on a big rebound off after a save on a slap shot. That was a really nice save. Um he made a couple of others where he was kind of sliding across with his pad, one on Pasternak in the third period. Um, Anderson played okay, but um, three goals on 25 shots, a couple of goals maybe he wants back. Certainly that that backdoor play, Taylor Hall, the Charlie Coyle to, um, was it Thomas Nosek in front of the net? I mean, you're never saving that one, so no no blame on him for that one. But, you know, I give a B, a B minus, C plus, to Craig Anderson tonight. Uh, and you'll see Dustin Tokarski tomorrow when the Sabres play the New Jersey Devils on Saturday. So that will be the Sabres' next challenge. The Devils, by the way, i got to check. Did they play tonight? They were 2-1 and one, uh, going into Friday. Uh, and they did not play Friday. So coming off a loss to the Washington Capitals, a win over the Seattle Kraken, and a win over the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime. The Sabres at 3-1. and one, Travel to New Jersey. They will play at the Devils, who 
um, who are two and one. And uh, so far, I think is Mackenzie Blackwood supposed to play? I think the last I saw is that he was not going to play against the Sabers tomorrow night. Uh, looks like Scott Wedgwood will be the goaltender uh, between the pipes. Um, anyways, Jack Hughes, by the way, is going to miss a lot of time, so he will not be in action if you're looking for him uh, tomorrow night. They're high-profile center. They drafted first overall a couple of years ago. Pretty thin. Pretty thin Devils unit. You're going to see a line, their top line tomorrow of Nico Heeshear, Pavel Zaka, and Jesper Bratt. Second line, Michael McLeod, Igor Sharangovich, and Yane Kukinen. Uh, a top pair, Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton is really strong. But behind that, Jonas Siegenhalder and uh, P.K. Subban. Um, the Devils have a, a good first line. Not a great first line by any means, but a good first line. Uh, three good forwards up top, Zaka, Heeshear, and Bratt. And then a very good top pair. I love the Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton pairing. And then Scott Wedgwood and Nat. This is a glorious opportunity uh, to play a, a, a pretty underwhelming team talent-wise, in my opinion. Now, the Sabres are going to be playing the second of a back-to-back. They are going to be playing their backup goaltender. So I'd have to look. Uh, Bet online, actually, is where you want to look, of course. To, uh, to see what the spreads are going to be uh, for tomorrow night. The Sabres were a big underdog, I think plus 200 in this game against the Bruins Friday night. Tomorrow night, they are plus 157. I kind of like that. Plus 157 at the Devils, who are at their backup goalie right now because of no Mackenzie Blackwood. Over-under in that game, by the way, six and a half goals. I'd be on the Sabres. I like that more than I like them tonight. Uh, I didn't bet them, obviously, tonight. I picked the under uh, for Sabres and Bruins, but head over to Bet Online and check out that, that, that Sabres on the money line tomorrow night against the New Jersey Devils. So 7.08 puck drop for Sabres and Devils Saturday night. That is going to do it for me on today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I will talk to you again on Monday after the Sabres play the Devils tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. Now, go make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leads on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.